And it's a beautiful day to have a beautiful day. A GM, GM on this beautiful day. A good morning, NFTs with Baroco Sepamando. Got the Alpha on Web 3, and it's all on Road Radio. It's a beautiful day to have a beautiful day. A GM, GM. Yo, 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 what up, what up, what up, what up, what up? Good morning. Thursday, July 21st, 2021. Look at that. It's a beautiful day to have a beautiful day. Here we are on Rug Radio. You already know with Golden Crypto. Whoa, look at that. It all rhymes. Uh, and Mando and uh, OVO, right? <laughs> uh, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> <Buddy>. <laughs> um, you know, gold is like, uh, you know, oh, Mando, crypto, uh, you know, all the O's. So OVO had to add an O to your name. Uh, good morning, everyone. Good morning. How's everyone doing today? How y'all feeling? Same old, really. Same old. <laughs> Different day. <laughs> New day, same shit. <laughs> oh my god, it's so funny. It's like, don't you guys? I have a question. Do you guys feel robotic at some? Like, did you guys like, like sometimes like when when I have high, like one of my high thoughts sometimes is like I feel like robotic. Like I feel like I wake up, I do the same thing, and then go to bed. And I repeat, <laughs> like certain things have become such. You gotta switch it up. You know what I you mean. Gotta switch it up. Like today, I like I'm at the beach this morning. Like oh, okay, you know, okay. You gotta like mix it up sometimes, man. Yeah, you can't do the same location. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I'm with Golden. I'm at the beach right now, so. <laughs> what, what, you gotta got okay. mix it up. It feels like your life in Montreal is really chilled. Like you, you do the same thing every day. Well, you guys, well, you guys enjoy the beach because that's such a great life. Um, yes, in Montreal, it's <laughs> in, in Montreal. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's like um, it's like the same thing. It's so funny. I, I, I like it. Sometimes it's good to have just these habits, and then whenever you travel for these events, you just break them, right? But it's just like wake up, work out, shower, <laughs> coffee, host, <laughs> work, <laughs> and then sleep. You know, like I don't know. It's like, <laughs> it does feel like that sometimes. Um, and it's, I find it funny. Um, you know, you kind of like, uh, we're just like a bunch of AIs in a simulation. Uh, but yeah, another great show today. Let me pin. Hopefully, I, I can see the pins this morning. Yesterday, unfortunately, I couldn't pin. I'm excited to have Dudas on stage today as well. It's going to be a fun one. Mando got us a cool guest for the day. Uh, our last guest for the week. What a week, by the way, guys. Honestly, shows are stacked day after day. Just freaking incredible content. I'm really. I'm not going to lie, I'm, I'm really proud, really proud of all of us. I think we're doing a great job, and I think it's great. Uh, so, so as usual, you know, we'll be talking about the Macro plus NFT Daily Summary. Uh, Minecraft bans NFT games. NFT Worlds uh, took a huge, huge, huge nosedive, which obviously you don't like to see, right? Um, but it, it did, and happen. happened. I think of the other games like Critters and a bunch of other stuff that were Minecraft. Uh, using Minecraft, you know, obviously all crashed together, but NFT was the biggest. Uh, kind of big news here coming from the good old boomer Microsoft. Um, Tesla dumps Bitcoin. Damn, Elon. He's the reasons why uh, you got liquidated. This kind of sucks. Uh, special guest, <laughs> Mike Dudas is going to come uh, on stage. 
uh, today. I mean, this man, you know, he he founded LinkStyle, founded Block, uh, Six Man Venture. He's an evil VC, so I'll be able to talk with the evil VC today on stage. Um, <laughs> obviously kidding, uh, but definitely wanted to get into that with him, uh, you know, from his perspective. Um, and, and what they've done with LinkStyle is actually pretty cool with the real-life golf courses and everything. So we're going to talk to him about real-life applications of DAOs and more, which is fun because obviously we have our DAO uh, up and running and, and with Snapshot, uh, the voting ending, the framework going live officially Monday if it's approved. So it'll be fun to chat about DAOs as well. Uh, and then being a VC in Web3 and, and, and what's coming to the space. So obviously... Um, you know, Mike probably has some good insight on, on the space and, and what's happening. So, um, so we'll be, uh, we'll be chatting with them. So, uh, per, per Mike, he has a lot, he has a lot to, to get off his chest, uh, today. Uh, so it's gonna, it's gonna be a great conversation. Uh, whenever you're around, I definitely, uh, request to join. We'll bring you up. But in the meantime, in the meantime, Ovi, why don't you give us the rundown, um, of, uh, the market? Yeah, there's not really a ton to report. Um, so on the macro side, we had a good day, another good day yesterday, stuff was up like 1% or so. I think stocks are back down again today, about 0.506%. Probably makes sense. We've had a good few days, so I'm not surprised to, take, to see it take a bit of a breather. Oil is, is lower, which I think is nice. Oil is down at 95, so it seems to be holding below 100 which is good it'll be it'll be it's um it's going to be good for the inflation narrative interest rates have actually had quite a big rally today they sold off quite a lot yesterday but they're still in this quite narrow range which they've been in for the last few days but um i guess we saw crypto come down a decent amount yesterday kind of instigated by the elon by the tesla news i think it's important to um, just to clarify that they've already sold 75% of their Bitcoin. It's not like there's all this supply that's going to come to the market from them having to sell. So they've already sold it. So um, there's not new supply of it, but um, it's also obviously doesn't leave us with a good taste if they're actually selling it as well. So maybe there's some negative takeaways from that. My guess is, and I, someone told me this today actually in our Discord, that um, if they hadn't sold it, they would have reported negative free cash flow for the last quarter. So I think... Um, it's just one of those things, right? In this day and age, like Tesla is a car company, like why the fact do they own Bitcoin? And maybe you can do stuff like that when the economy is good and you're making a ton of money. But when you're in this environment, you have to start like cutting out stupid shit. And uh, I guess that's what they did there. Um, yeah, that's kind of it. I don't really have anything more to, to report other than that. Um, it's kind of quiet on the macro front. I guess next week we'll have some big earnings. I think that'll be very important. Um, and then right after that, we get close to the payrolls number. Then we get back around to the inflation number again. So um, I think the next two or three weeks will be uh, will be big. Yeah, Is the, isn't isn't the Fed next week as well? Is it next week already? No. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. I think you're right, Michael. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. So it's going to be interesting to follow that uh, for sure. Uh, what day? It's Wednesday, right? Or no? Do we know one day? It's what only day? two days, so it's like Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah, I think be... usually it is on Wednesdays, right? From what I've seen. Yeah. Okay. So I guess we'll see what happens there. Uh, and uh, and yeah, I mean, ETH is still at fourteen ninety three, guys. Um, not bad. Not bad. So you know. <laughs> um, so it's uh, it's gonna be um, it's gonna be a uh, you know, we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks. It's just the same thing every day at this stage, <laughs> you know. 
Uh, I think you guys covered it pretty well yesterday when you said, you know, it's not like uh, the economy just fixed itself overnight. So it's uh, no, it's, exactly. Exactly. It's just going to take a little bit. I and mean, it's probably going to be the same conversation on stage every, every day besides the little bumps up and down on a couple of days. My gut is still that we go to like 1700, 1800 here though. Like it just feels as though um, a lot of the liquidations have been cleared in ETH. I still think we're range brown. I think we'll probably top out around that sort of level, but I think there's there's still legs left in this rally, in my opinion. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, we'll see, right? I think so too. I, 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 I want you to go to 1700, but if you could give, just give me a smaller, pull, a bigger pullback here, and then we can go there, um, and I'll follow you along the way. I promise you this time. Um, I'm not going to let you down. Um, <laughs> and so on the NFT side, um, what do you say, Mando? I'm looking, I'm opening Flips Finance. Um, sadly, we saw, obviously, we'll talk about it, but um, NFT worlds take a, get what, a 50, I mean, through what, took a 50, 60% hit yesterday on the Microsoft news. Um, yeah. That in world token. Um, the oddities reveal was yesterday after the show. Um, breaking news. The oddities are, in fact, odd, and uh, but those are down. Those are about, about one seventy six. But again, um, nine oh five nine. He did say he's like, there's like, there's only maybe once or twice a year that like there's an app pre after a reveal NFT that just goes up, right? It hasn't happened much. Um, so it's kind of like it was kind of a um, you know kind of an obvious uh, move here. Um, what else are you seeing? It's not. It's kind of quiet. It's kind of quiet, uh, Mando. Yeah, it's definitely quiet. It's, it's definitely quiet. quiet. The, the, the majority of volumes yesterday were in the oddities and they were in the NFT world. Um, and yeah, dick butts, dick butts have gone up to like 2.5, but then <laughs> listings are up quite a lot. So I don't know if that's topped out. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's honestly kind of dry. It's not uh, not too much going on. looks like we had quite a big NFT pump. What? It was over the week, over the last week, like weekend, you know, led by like uh, art blocks pump, crypto punk pump, a couple big, um, a couple big. Uh, I think, I think I saw an ENS trade for 100 ETH though yesterday. <laughs> oh my God. Fuck. Franklin, what are you doing, bro? Man, I guess he's had too much good karma and uh, it had to pull a little bit from him. It's, it's too many, too many slides. You know, too many slides, which, which I'm not going to lie. Like, and by the way, it, it sucks to see happen. And, and Franklin took it like a champ and, and I know he's going to recover from it. And I know he's going to come back stronger because it's just a, he's a, he's a grinder. He's a great guy. Love Franklin. But did you guys see that we're, 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 we're witnessing a mastermind in trolling here. Did you guys see what it, the, the guy did after that? Or, or have you guys followed what's going on? I, 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 I don't know if it's a him or a her, but I believe the person, um, uh, didn't they buy a load of miladies and then? No, so here's what they did. The person went on, and clearly they know their OG uh, NFTs, right? And, and so they, and I'm not talking about the miladies. Yes, they bought miladies. That's not what I mean by that. They went and bought Spells of Genesis cards, which is funny. We talked about Spells of Genesis last night. That was the NFTs that were right before the rare peppers in 2015, and they started buying. Uh, they bought like um, the very first, like the Sabu. Uh, was I forgot the name of the card? Damn, it, I don't want to chop it up. Uh, but it's basically one of the first ever like um, trading game cards on on chain ever, and they bought that, and they bought the Mount Gox Spells of Genesis card, and then they bought a Still Pepe, which is the first ever um, 
which is the first ever hip-hop NFT. And that's the, one of the Pepe's, which is funny because we literally were talking about with the Pepe people yesterday on stage. And so that person went on to just start to buy a bunch of, like, a bunch of those, like a bunch of cards, uh, which, uh, which I mean, I thought it was funny. And uh, and actually, it's funny. The Still Pepe was created by Joe Looney. So, the, you know, he was on stage. So I thought it was funny when, like, we had Joe Looney on and, and then this happens and all that. But let me find the tweet so I can pin it. Uh, I forgot where it was, but yeah, I think I sent it to you two, right? Um, I don't know, but there's a whole list. I think it was Sirius NFT who was uh, who was uh, following um, kind of what was happening, uh, but it's pretty crazy. So basically, for those who don't understand, um, um, Franklin has been bit, uh, trolling the fake ENS bids or so-called fake ENS bids. I want to call them fake per se, and so he bid a hundred ETH on an ENS that he owned, and that triggered someone. Uh, to make a bit of 1.8 ETH on that one, right? But that person tricked him because then Franklin ran to his computer because, you know, he's a flipper, right? And so he saw that that stupid ENS, which literally was like, it was like a stupid one, like a super long one that made no sense, got a 1.8 ETH bid and he was probably like, oh, hey, I'm about to make 1.8 ETH. And then he accepted the bid without canceling the previous fake 100 ETH bid that he had put on that ENS to himself. So what that person did, well, they they got the NS. Now there's still a hundred ETH. It's a the the, the ETH bit that the bit is still active on it, right? Obviously, and so he accepted it, and so he took the hundred ETH. And what happened is that Franklin then, as an act of good faith, to try and see if he can get it back, set the person the one point eight ETH back, right? Because he had made one point eight ETH, uh, you know, thinking that person perhaps the person's gonna see this and want to send it back to him, but they didn't, and instead. Uh, they minted the message that the on-chain message that that Franklin put, uh, and then you know mocked him on Twitter. If if that's the Twitter account, uh, some say it is. Uh, and then, but they just haven't verified the wallet yet. And then went on a, you know, went on a went on a rampage, started buying the ladies and still Pepe's and like Spouse of Genesis 2015 NFTs, um, which uh, and then which is was pretty funny uh, uh, to see. I don't know if Keyboard Monkey was trolling when he said that they were sent to him. Uh, this morning um i'm gonna go have to double check that i saw a tweet but i wasn't on my computer um to be able to uh to check that but it's um it's definitely quite a story here uh when it comes to trolling be careful uh be very very careful uh with uh <laughs> with all that and uh faking bits and all that yeah but anyways that's the story of franklin yesterday for those of you who were wondering what happened to the poor guy uh, and uh, and kind of what he did to himself there. So um, that's what happened there. On the on the news side, though, on the NFT side, you know, we did talk for a second about NFT world having a huge uh, a huge um, you know uh, pull pullback. Uh, reason being is that NFT based games will no longer be permitted on Minecraft. So Minecraft uh, made an announcement, decided to ban um, the games that have uh, that were updating that were using their um, their tech right that were just uh, tapped onto minecraft and as you know nft worlds was i personally had this like nft just once it wasn't that big like it was gifted to me back then this was a critter um and that was like it, they would use minecraft and you could get tokens and this and that so yeah minecraft says no to nfts what do you guys think about that the, the thing that confuses me is i feel like we spoke to the nft world team i feel like we you know this this concern has been around for a while and it was raised earlier and I got the impression from them when we spoke to them or, or whoever it was um, that they had like they'd spoken to Microsoft they had a dialogue with Microsoft they had a contact there so it just seems weird that, and they then then take this action completely out of the blue so 
I don't know if like this whole thing was completely misrepresented by NFT Wells and just say you know people they were just saying it's fine when it wasn't actually ever fine, or if Microsoft have just done this without informing them at all. But either way, like it's a bit. Um, I think it's a little bit. It's a bit dicey work because it's like it's a concern that everyone has brought up multiple times and they've always said, no, it's not a problem that we're completely fine. And we spoke to Microsoft. So that's something that peeved me a little bit because like, I get it. There's always rug risk in NFTs and shit happens all the time. But like, so everyone was aware of this, like everyone knew and they were pretty adamant that it wasn't a problem. So for it to then come and be a problem, the exact thing that they said wouldn't happen or that they addressed, I think is a little, uh, is a little bit not great. I mean, it's definitely not great. Like, on the NFT world side, I guess it's not so great because, or I don't know if they were led wrong, or whatever. So I was not on the call, so we definitely do not want here to to point fingers at anyone. Uh, maybe they were led wrong by Microsoft. We don't know. We don't know. Maybe they weren't either. But also, when I was like, when I was talking about NFT worlds with some friends and stuff, there was always this pullback from the people who didn't want. Oh, there's Jonah's here. Jonah actually knows a lot about gaming, so bring him up. But you know, when, texted Jonah to join yeah. in the room. <laughs> yeah, he's good. He he's very good with that stuff. Also, GM Simon. But you know, it's um. When it comes to when it comes to that, it's like it's not like you should have known because maybe you actually didn't know, but like it's kind of dangerous, I guess, building on someone else's thing, right? Especially Microsoft. But what I what I find funny is if you Google Minecraft NFTs right now and you go on it's on the official Minecraft.net website, it's an article that they wrote uh, that was published um, on July twentieth, so yesterday. This is going to show you how much Minecraft does not understand. And Microsoft, it's clearly, I don't know. I'll say Minecraft, though, does not understand NFTs. The first line, what is an NFT? Reads, an NFT is a unique, non-editable digital token that is part of a blockchain and often purchased with cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin. This is the first sentence on the Minecraft official website that was published by an official Minecraft staff member yesterday in 2022. Like, that goes to show you there's clearly no understanding of what's going on. Jonah, I'm just going to give this one to you. You probably know more. You, you specialize in blockchain gaming. That's what you talk about all day, every day. So, good morning. <laughs> I'm giving you the mic for this. Yeah, what good morning. Uh, Simon, Simon called, so I, I answered. Thank um... you, Simon. See, I love this. I love live social audio. It's like, boom, you make a panel happen in five seconds. There's a there's a lot to cover. So without boring your space, the better question would be: Where would you like me to start? Oh gosh! I, don't I mean, honestly, because it's like, there's Jonah. a lot to talk I mean, about. Where would you like me to start without boring the shit out of you? Okay, Jonah. don't be boring. Just give us Jonah. give us all the violence. We give talked about this a little bit yesterday, so I think the best spot would be start like we know what Microsoft's doing a little bit. We were they were like letting them explore a little bit. Oh yeah, that part. I mean, you could have seen that a mile away. So I, yeah. So so I'll just say this: I've never owned this asset. I never traded this asset. I always fudded this asset, and uh, I got yelled at for fudding this asset. But I didn't care. And a number of other people who are in Web three gaming, because I'm not the only one. We have a whole community. They all said the same thing. I would never ever build my infrastructure on top of a Web two license uh, because Web two licenses are about as. Uh, good as the lawyers that you have behind them and microsoft can outspend you uh, a million times over on lawyers so it doesn't matter what they did right or wrong and in, in most cases if you have extreme evidence then it doesn't matter but uh, essentially nft worlds is built on a minecraft server 
Um, it's not on the main Minecraft servers, but you can buy your own what's called an instance, meaning your own server. Um, and funny enough, NFT World is, is not genius or neither is it a novel concept. There are already other worlds on Minecraft that are Web2 based that already exist that are like 20 times bigger than NFT Worlds. One of them is uh, by a company that is extremely large uh, called Hypixel and they own a server called Hytale. Um, so quite frankly, NFT worlds was never a novel concept, uh, in my opinion. Um, essentially, you would buy these assets that be represented on their server. I guess there's a founder, one of them at least, by the name of ArcDev, who from the very beginning has stated that they have uh, uh, the go-ahead from uh, my, uh, Microsoft and Minecraft. Uh, I've never seen those documents. I guess they supplied some evidence yesterday. Um but I believe the, the pen is mightier than the sword and you should always have things in writing. And I'm not sure they ever had it in, in writing. Just because you have a Telegram chat or a Discord chat does not mean you have an agreement. It means you have the, the workings of an agreement. And if there is no dotted line for a license, um, you know I would, you shouldn't ever buy an asset that doesn't have that. So uh, they, ArcDev claims that he or she, I don't know if they're, I think it's a guy, um, that they were abiding by the terms of their EULA. EULA stands for End User License Agreement. This is the the core agreement that everyone signs when they use a certain software or they license a software. It's important that you that if you're in the metaverse, you actually read it. In Web 2, it doesn't matter. But in Web 3, you should actually read the EULA agreements. Um, and basically, Microsoft said, you know what? You've made a little too much. I'm not saying that they said they, they literally said this, but I'm gonna. it's pretty obvious why what happened here had happened. Basically, uh, Minecraft was like, hey, you're making a little too much money. We appreciate you conducting this experimental test. Uh, we're going to take you offline now. We're going to bash NFTs, and probably in a year or so, we'll create our own NFT product or, or pseudo NFT product and sell it to our customers. Uh, hope you have a nice day. Essentially, that's what happened. Um, of course, the, the entire economy for uh, NFT worlds has uh, plummeted. And ArcDev on Discord has given three alternatives to how they can proceed in next steps from what I've read. So what people sent me. So, you know, this is, you know, that doesn't mean I know for sure exactly what he said word for word. Option one was that they were going to go kiss the ring finger, as they say, uh, and plead with Minecraft to reverse uh, their decision or at least get a special carve out for NFT worlds. I highly doubt that's going to happen because, uh, Literally, you know, it's Microsoft. That this, that's, they don't do that. Uh, the second option is that they're going to look for another game. I think that defeats the purpose of NFT Worlds. I mean, they can go build on other deeds or go back to Sandbox, but it kind of defeats what the product uh, offering was. The third option was they were going to become a GameFi or game tech company. I don't believe personally in this decision because, quite frankly, if you can't read a EULA agreement, how are you going to be a game tech company? Um, so we'll see where they go next. Uh, and I imagine a lot of the, that money is going to go directly into other deed land because there aren't really competitive metaverses that, that offer open standards. And even though other deeds are other side is probably has five years of development to go before it's like on par. Um, it's really, really the only option. So that's, that's the gist of what's happening here. Um, but if you have like spe specific questions about all this, I'm, I'm happy to answer it. Do, do we have any sense of how big the treasury is? That I, I, I've not followed the treasury size. Um, so if someone, someone else may have, you know, 
inside. Because I think it was a free. I think it was a free mint, but I mean, it's traded fifty thousand ETH. Is traded on the NFT. World, I mean, it so went she, eighteen. What was the all-time high for NFT? Was it twenty-one-ish, or was it in the about twenty? I thought it was yeah. between sixteen and eighteen. Is what I thought I heard. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw eighteen for sure, Jonah. But in that was like an ether price at like three. Like we're talking about close to fifty thousand dollars floor price at some point. If I'm not mistaken, I, 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 someone can probably double check that for me, but I'll, I'll check as well at the same time. But I'm, it was for sure 18 ETH uh, floor at some point. You're looking at one ETH floor now uh, with 50.9 thousand uh, ETH in volume traded. Uh, talk about a talk about a big blow um, in the world in general. What's the I, floor uh, now? Pardon? What's the floor now? One. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. But, so, but I'm actually... I mean, I'm kind of surprised. I kind of agree with you, Jonah, here. Like, I, I think he's a, a talented dev. I, 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 I mean, I know this has been done before with the concept of mods in Minecraft, but I think this was potentially a smart way to try and, I don't know, accelerate the process um, of, of NFTs into gaming. Um, yeah, I just my- want to say real quick, Mando, all, all the Web2 gaming companies that say they hate NFTs... Um... I know things that I shouldn't know, and and it's bullshit. That they they are working on it, they are implementing it. The idea of capturing exactly, royalties yeah. and, and like they just uh, don't want you to come on their turf and make dollars. Exactly. So I'll give yeah. you context, which is normal in a way. Like let I me guess. give you some context just on GTA Six alone. So GTA, so uh, it's 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 run by I forget uh, Take Two, one of the biggest gaming companies in the world. They're 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 huge. They have gone ahead and they've canceled several several games. They've canceled GTA Four Remastered. They've canceled Red Dead 1 Remastered, and they've canceled all future DLC and multiplayer activities for Red Dead Redemption 2, and they've allocated all of that staff just for GTA 6. And I also know that they've been exploring the ideas of how they would build their own metaverse. So these people are competing, they are working on product, and they want you to believe that NFTs are bullshit and that it'll never work because they have uh, a huge financial incentive to capture the market first. I think think that was it. We we said this when Microsoft bought or Activision, right? We were like well, Microsoft this is uses Ethereum, by the way. They don't they don't talk about it, but they do. So they use Ethereum for Xbox uh, game sale royalties to developers. They use they use blockchain. Yeah, Jonah. Yeah, there, there's a book I read when I first was diving in called Blockchain Bubble or Revolution, and it was uh, written by uh, a couple people from Microsoft, and they talked heavily about like what Microsoft was building on like the enterprise blockchain side. This is actually really cool to, this is actually pretty crazy. Uh, I'm a, obviously, like many of you guys, I'm sure a GTA fan is probably the only game I played uh, aside from FIFA. So uh, <laughs> excited to see what happens there. We're going to definitely need to have uh, a, a whole thing space on, on, on the gaming sp- side. So I'll definitely reach back to Jonah and, 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 and Simon here so we can make it happen. Probably could have a big uh, game developer come on here. And talk about NFT and gaming. Obviously, it's going to be interesting to follow, especially after the Minecraft and the and the news and stuff, because that kind of like that kind of hits. Actually, I'm looking at Twitter right now. NFT World is trending with 13.4 thousand tweets about it. So it's uh, clearly um, a big topic of discussion here. Uh, obviously, wishing ArcDev and, and his team uh, the best here um, to see um, to see what happens uh, and how they uh, and how they uh, they pivot uh, from there for sure. Um, and, but, but however, 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 I do want to pivot here right now to our special guest of the day, because I know he has a lot of stuff to discuss on this show this morning. Uh, <laughs> we have Mike Dudas 
on stage with us a special guest. Good morning, sir. Uh, Mike doing this, uh, you know, with Disney, Google, Sputton, uh, you know, that was bought by PayPal, Venmo. Uh, you founded The Block. You founded LinkStyle, Six Man Ventures. You're an evil VC. And uh, like I said earlier, and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> but we're super excited to, to be able to have a conversation with you uh, this morning. GM King. Good morning. <clears throat> I'm <laughs> I'm delighted that I can bring evil up to the stage here today. <laughs> well, and, you're not uh, kidding, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, of course. All my all my shit listing on Twitter and and friendly GMs are just cover for <laughs> now. But uh, but no, it's it's I, I feel pretty fortunate to be able to you know tread the line between kind of institutional investor and getting that insight into. You know what happens in, and we can talk about some of this stuff. But you know, private sales um, and you know, funding of early stage projects, whether it be in the NFT space, whether it be you know, crypto Web three applications, DeFi, you name it. But I also have a ton of fun, as you guys know, just as a retail buyer, you know, myself of NFT projects and taking part in these communities, and then obviously building one with Linkstyle. So, you know, playing all sides of it out of, frankly, pure enjoyment and enjoy Faroque, you did miss uh Dudas's most major accomplishment ever uh his linkedin view most recently um from the uh founder of celsius oh right? my gosh yeah so you know one part of my past is that i you know founded the block and and i sold that uh entity last year i didn't feel like you know running what I believe to be the premier um, research and media organization in the crypto and Web3 space was compatible with being an, you know, an early stage investor. Um, but as part of that, you know, I have a history of like definitely and maybe over eagerly in the real, like the battles of 2018 and 19, you know, calling out people that I perceived and there's probably pretty good evidence that they were not truthful people and not forthcoming. And like Alex Mashinsky, you know, he, he's definitely one of those people. You know, he, uh, we would, do, <laughs> we would do really good. <laughs> he's not, yeah, you know, not well liked, and nor should he be. Um, anyway, bottom line is, you know, we did really good work in twenty late twenty eighteen, early twenty nineteen, um, when Celsius was, you know, orders of magnitude smaller, saying, hey, they're doing risky things with their uh, customers' deposits. They're lending them out in ways that, you know, are not transparent. And I mean, he's an absolute bully. I mean, he came after our journalists, our reporters, you know, called me up angry. He's a, he's a threatening individual. Um, and then obviously you saw, you know, what, four to six weeks ago, right before they paused withdrawals, you know, the rumors were swirling everywhere that they were you know, basically insolvent. And, and it was sort of not an open secret, like just people knew it. They couldn't get their money out. There were initial, you know, claims of that and, and he flat out denied it on twitter and then the next day they paused all withdrawals and now we see how large the hole was so he was just flat out you know lying and you know unfortunately there's a lot of those folks um in the in the crypto ecosystem more than we want hopefully we're flushing out another cycle of them but uh what two three days ago you know he was he was peering in at my linkedin so yeah, i don't know i don't know what he's looking for <laughs> certainly not looking for a job because it's one of those screenshots that? that you. Uh, it's one of those screenshots that you keep as trophies. 
Exactly. Exactly. So that one and his Twitter uh, reply to me. Um, I don't, I delete all my tweets. I, I see no upside participating in the crypto ecosystem. Um, I think, you know, tweets are something that are ephemeral. They're fun. They're part of the community discussion. Uh, I think we've seen, you know, even the ones that I deeply believe in, which is the majority of them, um, three, four, five years later, they're gone. Uh, because it's just far too easy when you're a public figure who's doxxed for people to take, you know, old comments and thoughts out of context in really, you know, uh, not good faith ways. And and so I just don't think that's important. I, I would say 95% of the relevant Twitter activity happens, you know, within six, eight hours of, of posting something. It's it's actually pretty interesting. Uh, yes, it's it's Twitter. Twitter's it's interesting. We've we've talked about about that uh, in the back end. Uh, Mike, and by the way, just quickly, I'm going to give it to Mando uh, to direct this as, as he invited you on, on the show. And it's actually, it's awesome that we have you this morning because it's been a really good conversation for the next hour. Uh, I, that that, that, that uh, reply from Manchinsky from last year, uh, kind of saying that you're fighting for no reason, it, is incredible. I got to say, this is something that every time he tweets or there's something about Celsius, that there's a screenshot of that reply from Manchinsky. At least you tried. At least you tried to, to, to warn people and hopefully... A couple people listen. <laughs> and his LinkedIn still says, you know, four-time unicorn oh, uh, found. I mean, I just, I died. Anyway. Do you so, get DMs up to this day from people saying like, have you ever gotten DMs saying like, yo, like I saw that reply and just like. Yeah, I took money out. Yeah, that's wow. why I do it. Like, look, I'm not, uh, at times I can be snarky. We all know that, you know, particularly occasionally when I have a glass of wine or two in the evening, get a little snarky. But, um, you know, I try not to be that anymore. And I try to be very earnest with my criticism. So if you see a criticism out there, um, it's it's me trying to protect people from certain things. I would not have my money right now with uh, any uh, any one of these services that promises, you know, that is a standalone service promising yield on your cryptocurrency. You know, crypto in a bear market, it's really hard to generate yield because you don't have people looking to borrow, you know, to go long. Um, and therefore the yield is often, you know, it's either smaller or if it's large, it's coming from places that you don't want to know and it's very risky. So I, I would just take your crypto off those platforms. Um, I I get this other question a lot. Hey, are the exchanges safe? And I do believe that, you know, Binance, FTX, Coinbase, Gemini, I do believe that your funds, if you're choosing to, to keep them with exchanges, are safe with the major exchanges. Um, but, you know, if, if you do feel comfortable self-custodying and you have a good setup, sure. I mean, it's not a bad time to, you know, take your coins and, you know, put them offline and, and put them into cold storage. And, you know, if you're not going to be trading them um, to hold them yourself. I love that. If someone has the tweet handy, send it to me so I could pin it. Uh, but because I really want to, so people don't understand what we're talking about. But in the meantime, Manda, I'm going to give it to you. Yeah, no, it's just great to have you on. I, I, I mean, I was reading a little bit, little bit about your history and kind of that you started in payments and then you kind of moved into uh setting up the block and and kind of then went to linksdow and um and now here six man ventures do you maybe want to give a little bit of a background of, of how that journey journey happened um and kind of how you also got into nfts in particular absolutely so my main goal you know my, my career started at disney i've always been somebody who wanted to, and disney at that time 2001 to 2004 they had that walt disney internet group you know they were getting starting to get into you know online gaming uh, I've always wanted to work on technologies that were novel, 
um, that were fun and, you know, to bring them to millions and millions and tens of millions of people and delight them. So that was the genesis of the career. Um, you know, ended up working my first decade in media, ended up at YouTube, which was at that point reaching hundreds of millions, maybe over a billion people. And um, so that was really exciting. So I'm like somebody who comes from traditional media and tech and likes to work on products that have great user experiences that people can enjoy at, you know, at great scale and global scale. Um, and the products I use myself, like Twitter, right? Global scale. I love it. It's interactive. Um, second decade, got really interested while I was at Google. I moved from YouTube over to Google Wallet and got really interested in financial technology. And um, during that journey, spent two and a half years on the Google Wallet team, met some great people, moved to Braintree Venmo. This is where I discovered crypto. Um, we started working with Coinbase, um, Braintree powered payments, Braintree Venmo for Uber and Airbnb. Back then, 2013, people were thinking Bitcoin could be you know, an alternative to the credit card networks, a low fee, global, always on, censorship resistant payment network. Um, so that's what got me first interested. Uh, there was also at that time this sort of schmuck insurance, like Chamath says, or this like hedge against world chaos. So, you know, bought some Bitcoin, okay? Um, and didn't really pay a lot of attention to it for about three, four years. And, and frankly, I missed the evolution of crypto, you know, that first evolution from, hey, we're just thinking about crypto purely as money and you know, changing the financial system and store of value and things like that to, okay, Ethereum and you know, other layer one chains introduce smart contracts. And now we can have really powerful applications um, you know, built on blockchains that have all the same properties, right? Open, censorship resistant, you know, trustless, not controlled by centralized entities. But hey, they're not just purely money. They're things like games. They're things like you know, DeFi applications um, and things like Web3 applications like Steppen, which we invested in. Um, the, so the journey for me personally was I entered the space full-time in tw late 2017. And I'm, as I said, somebody who wants to work on tech that reaches tens or hundreds of millions of people, okay. And had experience in that and found that like, there wasn't a lot of that in that 2017, 2018 class of crypto products, right? They weren't easy to use, purely speculative, lots of trading. It was about the tokens versus high quality <clears throat> you know, user experiences and products. Most of the ICOs that were launched, some have become incredibly valuable products like Chainlink and others. But, you know, most were just, you know, Denticoin and stuff that like people were just trying to make a quick buck. Um, so I was dissatisfied. I didn't want to join any of those projects. Didn't think they were ready, um, you know, to reach many people. So I said, hey, how can I best help the ecosystem start of the block? Hey, uh, like when I ask a question, I get 10 different answers. It takes a team of 10 to answer straightforward, see, I'm sorry, to answer questions about crypto because so many disciplines are involved in understanding it. Um, so we were pretty successful. You know, we've reached cumulatively tens of millions of people um, with, with really great information at the block over the years. Next step was um, I sold it and I started the stable coin i sorry started working at stable coins at paxos so i think stable coins have taken over that initial use case um that i had that had got me excited about bitcoin so global you know censorship resistant low fee on the if they're on the right blockchain um you know money movement that literally can i can send money you know to somebody in uh, you know south africa instantaneously 
um, for relatively low fee, and they don't need a bank account, right? They can just have a receiving wallet. Now, yeah, there are some caveats in the use case experience today, but generally that's the direction we're moving. So that excites me. Um, again, everything I've done work on practical use cases. So the next one um, started Six Man Ventures, and I'm investing in a bunch of other, you know, a bunch of projects that uh, largely the focus is it's wallets like Rainbow Wallet, marketplaces like Magic Eden, you know, apps like Stepin that I believe present you know superior user experiences to uh, what came before. Okay. And those are just a few examples. Etherscan we invested in, which you know, presents information to folks in digestible format um, on what's happening on the blockchain. So whole thesis is like, let's you know, present user experiences that are easy to get started with, easy to understand. And then the most recent one is LinksDAO. Um, basically looked at the Constitution DAO. Hey, they raised a bunch of money towards a common goal, got people excited, didn't ultimately succeed, but paved a really nice path. Um, so we use their fund fundraising method at LinksDAO. Well, we sold, sorry, we combined open fundraising on you know Ethereum where anyone in the world can participate in any project. Um, and we combine that with utility-based NFTs. So NFTs that give people the ability to uh, purchase a membership in a club, get access to token-gated benefits, and to vote on uh, a common objective. In our case at LinksDAO, we're creating the world's greatest golf and leisure club that anybody can join and anybody can help shape. So the point of that is we're using these crypto primitives, NFTs, you know, open blockchains where anybody can participate, um, voting, um, you know, using your NFT, some people you know, using NFT to vote, but we're using them on an experience that the, the actual like public understands and to just finish up, you know, a third of the folks who have participated in LinksDAO are brand new, had never owned an NFT before and hadn't had, you know, Ethereum wallets or self-custody wallets. So it's been really exciting. So I just want people using this stuff. I think a lot of these products, you know, they're early, they're nascent, they're hard to use. But, you know, 10 years on, we're going to be so, so, so happy that you know, we went through this, that people kept building through Bull and Bear um, such that we have collectively owned, um, you know, trustless in many cases, uh, apps, protocols, services um, that, you know, aren't controlled by all those big companies that we don't like that you, you know, one of which, you know, you were discussing right before I hopped on. Chad. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's a great, great summary. Um, what, is I that, think what a God. Nick, oh, that's an eat for scan. Yeah, and that's a step in. Fuck you guys. <laughs> Evil VC. <laughs> Evil VC on stage. <laughs> Um, Dude, it's a great app. I'm walking every day now. Unfortunately, I'm you know only earning I think what five cents uh, per per hundred steps or whatever. But uh, but people love that app. Dude, right? I missed and... the I missed the walking Ponzi for the apes. I didn't claim mine. Yeah, we missed it too. We missed it too. You guys have you guys missed out on seventy two of them at three ETH each. God. Yeah, we, me and me and Ovi had a little bit of discussion after that one. Um, <laughs> either way, I, I wanted to break down into Linkstar because I think that's where most people in the NFT community know you. I know. You obviously had a bit of a history on, on crypto Twitter before. You, you obviously, as you alluded to, had known for being a bit of a shitposter, known for starting a few fights on the back of the block. But LinksDAO, I think, is where a lot of the NFT community kind of um, came to know you. Do you maybe want to break down how exactly that project happened? I, I heard you raised like $10 million, $10 million yeah. in 24 hours. I remember that period just going a bit nuts for the idea of DAOs. And, and maybe 
how how the experience with DAOs has been since. Do you, do you think there are efficient organizations, maybe some of the positives and benefits of them? Yeah, great question. So um, what what is so exciting about open permissionless blockchains is it allows anybody to participate in a project from day one, okay? You know, in the United States and many countries, like it's just really difficult to kind of invest in and participate. You know, you, you have Kickstarter and Indiegogo, um, but those have questionable reputations in many cases. You don't know the people behind the projects. Um, you know, we seem to have captured a zeitgeist here um, you know, with this NFT. We'll, we'll just call it the NFT ecosystem for right now, where, again, a lot of bad actors. We, you, you guys have talked about that many times um, on this show and, and you know, on Twitter and publicly. So let's just focus on like the, the good stuff for now. Um, it gives anyone anywhere the ability to start a project in a permissionless way. And if they can market it properly um, and if they're credible, whether it is reputationally credible, whether they've already built stuff ahead of, you know, doing, you know, an NFT sale and fundraise, um, you know, they have a real shot to from day one, uh, you guys did it with Rug Radio, get a group of really committed, bought in, excited community members uh, towards a common goal and have the funds to deliver on it from day one. So that was really important um, for us. So LinksDAO, what it is, is we it, it's a golfing community, okay? And our mission, our number one mission is we're going to buy a golf course. So we're going to, over time, buy more than one, but we're starting with one. And um, you know, we were able to capture the momentum of the NFT market in December, the you know constitution down momentum the fly fish club momentum of gary v and others and we combined again the fundraise with what i believe is a really early emergent trend i know you folks do too um but the utility and membership nft like where it becomes a pass uh and you know becomes an access pass with significant benefits to a community of shared interests and you've already all voted with your money that you really care about this thing. You know, in our case, the initial sale was, you know, 0.180 for one class of pass and 0.72 ETH for the other, you know, in ETH terms, the floor prices on both of those are up, you know, we're at like 0.44, I believe. And, you know, over 1.5, I believe on the other one. So, you know, we've delivered on a roadmap um, and, you know, since, since our initial sale, but what it did is it gave us credibility on day one, right? So we raised your point 12 million, Net, we netted out, you know, after fees and a few other things, a little over 10.4. And that captured the imagination of the entire. So we're, we were looking to, again, create the world's greatest golf and leisure club that everybody could participate in. Everybody could set the rules of um, and that people could vote on things like where the course should be, who the architect should be, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it's participatory. It's an always on club and game and fun. Um, and so you know, that's our little, you know, niche. Fortunately, it's a big niche. And because we were able to raise money um, from day one, we were able to capture the attention of the traditional golf world, of the traditional media world, of the crypto world. And it led to massive partnerships that, you know, me, I've, I've sold B2B for years. Like I've worked on huge partnerships at Google and our ability, for example, to get a partnership within four and a half months with the largest golf company in the world, Callaway, um, you know, was, was truly 
entirely due to, you know, our community believing in us from day one. So something that doesn't happen in the traditional world of golf, you know, we, so, um, so, so those are the positives. So it's been really, really That's exciting. Cool, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. Can I and, quickly ask you before you yeah. go on to, to the other side of things is where the golf course is physically the one. Yeah. Great question. So, so this is the, one of the negatives that kind of, so we don't know yet and we are in deep study. What we've done is we've surveyed our members and we've had, uh, and so here are some things that like, so one, so most of our communication happens in discord. Um, we <laughs> web three discord, I've been pitched this dozens of times. Somebody eventually will nail it, but you know, most of our conversations happen to discord. We do have a hard time in Discord reaching, you know, we have 5,500 unique holders. My guess is that, well, I know we're, we're reaching, you know, less than half of them on a regular basis because they're just not in Discord. It's still thousands of people actively involved. Um, and we get more voting than most DAOs. We get more votes than, you know, most DeFi DAOs as a percentage of like token holders. Um, but it's still not as many as we'd like. So we have to do, we have a lot to do there and, you know, looking at. Can I ask you how many? I'm curious for ourselves too. Like I'm actually like genuinely curious about. Oh yeah. Yeah. Good question. So we get, um, we're in the mid hundreds now in most votes. So if you have 5,500 holders, that's like around 10%. Now, if we put the big vote on where the course will be, like the participation will be. Oh yeah. Yeah. Acorn is the same thing, Mike. I've noticed with Acorn, I was studying because we're in, we're in snapshot right now. Uh, Our framework uh, ends on, on, on Monday night, the snapshot voting for the governance framework for the rug DAO and sit, and I was looking at ApeDAO, like they're struggling to get 800 voters right now on certain things. Right. But when it's big AIP, like, you know, obviously they'll show up. Right. But exactly. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the proof there is people don't care about the little stuff. Hey, maybe that's okay. You know, and the people who do care will, will vote, but um, that, by the way, you know, totally aside, that that's been a problem. By the way, with certain DeFi protocols, where really major changes were proposed or allocations of money and different things. I won't name specific ones, but there have been two high-profile ones recently, um, and the quorum was so low, and/or early, you know, team and early investors couldn't vote because their tokens hadn't vested. And therefore, you know, it felt like perhaps the outcomes of the votes were skewed. So problems with DAOs, you know, governance is brutal. It's really hard. We're in this like experimental phase where you just don't know, you know, what type of quorum is going to be needed, what type of attacks may happen, people borrowing up, you know, buying up or borrowing tokens so they could vote a certain way. An example of this would be MakerDAO. MakerDAO has different types of collateral that, you know, back, um, you know, the deposits so that uh, so that it's over collateralized and it's say stable at a dollar. Um, well, there's a bunch of different stable coins that could back it or assets that could back it. And the amount of politics that happens to determine what collateral, you know, USDC versus uh, Tether versus, you know, Binance coin to back uh, maker or, you know, polygon or other tokens it's just crazy you know the politics are that are behind it so DAOs don't change like human behavior DAOs are really you know there's going to be politics there's going to be you know if you have really charismatic leaders they have the potential we saw this with like i forget the exact name but like it was the guy daniel you know there's just some really charismatic DeFi, like just different leaders who could sort of skew votes uh, in their favor against people's economic interests. So anyway, in our case, the challenges have just been um, participation, but you know, we feel decent about it. And, um, and just how do you 
keep a community of thousands of people engaged and feeling like they're participating in the project. In our case, um, a lot of the work, so you asked, hey, where's the course going to be? So most likely in the southeast or northeast of the United States, based on where our users are and what they voted on where they want the course to be. Um, but we don't want to fall into a Constitution DAO situation where, you know, hundreds of people in our DAO know the exact courses we're looking at because then the information can leak, the cost goes up. So you just have this like interplay about, hey, how do you set it up so that people in the DAO can contribute their ideas, can contribute their opinions. Um, but the, uh, and, and so you're, so, so we've kind of come up with like a pod structure where the overall community can nominate people to lead key pods. And then we, as links, there's a links to corporation interact with those DAO pod leaders um, on key decisions, decisions like engineering, product, marketing, course acquisition, things like that. Adriana, I see you have your hand up if you want to ask questions. Oh, thank you. Uh, Mike, uh, congratulations on the career. And uh, I don't know if I can uh, juggle a little more the, the thematics here. I, I would like to know a little more about, like, you know, the, the VCR, the six-month, uh, and more about, like, regarding the hypothesis. I did saw you guys, like, are, you know, investing in a startup in Paris and, like, you know, also attend the, the hackathon in New York. It's like... Maybe if you touch a little on, on the hypothesis you have on investment, as I'm an investor myself, but based in Barcelona. And uh, and also like the fact uh, how you guys like, you know, reach out and find those projects. And uh, I, you mentioned about like wallets and everything, but if you can detail a little more. Yeah, great questions. So we are, um, yeah, six ventures, early stage uh we're an early stage investment firm. So investing in, you know, basically in traditional VC, you would call it pre-seed, seed, and some reasonably valued series A's. Um, and we invest in equity and tokens, um, which is different than many traditional VCs. And candidly, like I, I believe that crypto, like the token is a big part of the innovation, whether the token is a you know fungible token like Ethereum or Polygon or Solana, or a non-fungible token. In our case, for LinksDAO, like the token, the non-fungible token is the innovation that allows for token gating, for token gated voting, um, and for you know access to events and access to merchandise and other things. So anyway, we're pretty you know, bullish on tokens, but you know, we invest in equity as well. The thesis is, so we're, we are um, stage specific, we are geo non-specific, although you know, most of our deal flow comes from the U.S., some from Latin America, some from Europe, and you know some from various Asian countries. Um, but we're opportunistic with our deal flow. Um, we've built up really good relationships with founders. Like over the last two years, we have more than 100 founders in our portfolio. They refer us deals. We've built up you know great uh, relationships with co-investors, so folks we invest with often um, and we have regular you really have to cultivate those relationships so we regularly talk with other investors sometimes they'll show us companies and projects and protocols where they're leading and you know hey maybe that we want to write a supporting check maybe they want us to co-lead um, and then from a uh, from a so ge we're sort of geographically agnostic we're we're somewhat blockchain agnostic but like 
we haven't done any. So we invest. So, so, so to be clear, the thesis is we invest in applications and infrastructure. So we're not like a layer one protocol investor. We're not going to most likely invest in the next Solana. We're investing in the consumer and business applications that are built on top of those layer one blockchains, uh, as well as the infrastructure, meaning wallets, meaning decentralized storage, meaning decentralized you know, data availability and querying. Um, so infrastructure and applications built on those chains. The chains that we focus on right now are the Ethereum ecosystem. So, you know, Ethereum layer one, you know, Polygon, uh, rollups, uh, Solana. Uh, we've done some deals. We've done deals on Near Protocol, on um, Secret Network. We did one private NFT marketplace deal. Avalanche, uh, we've done deals on. So we're not, we're sort of chain agnostic, but like we haven't done anything on like Cardano, for example. We never did a deal on Terra because I'd come from the stable coin world and didn't view a layer one protocol that was so natively dependent on an algorithmic stable coin as being something we would invest in. So we avoided that. Um, we haven't done enough work in the Cosmos ecosystem, so we haven't really invested there, but want to do more work uh, in the coming months and years. So that's you know a quick quick overview um and then we're 50 50 right now we were investing more in applications last year and then we realized well you know what like especially you know as we got into a bear hey the infrastructure isn't necessarily there there's not like we've done out of our second fund investments into four more you know wallets and or wallet like companies um you know presenting social nft feeds you know things like that um, we've invested in more marketplaces, but also again, decentralized storage, um, decentralized like identity. We just did an investment there and things that will make it easier. So fiat on off ramps, we've done a couple investments in that area, um, paying for NFTs with a credit card. We're looking at a deal in that space um, that just will help like kind of like what Nifty Gateways had for years. Um, we think other developers need that and don't want to have to build it themselves. So yeah, I mean, like it gets back to my initial introduction of myself technology that either makes these applications, um, you know, more accessible to people or the applications themselves. That, that is amazing. Congratulations. Mike, I, I'd love to, Oh, go ahead, Mendes. No, I, I was just going to ask, um, I even saw you criticizing Chamath this morning. Um, uh, about him laughing about like dumping all his soul bags on, on retail investors. In, in your opinion, you've obviously come from also a, a background of setting up DAOs before. Um, do you think VCs are good for uh, crypto and, and Web3 in general? Or do you think most funding will, will go the way of DAOs? Um, or do you think there's maybe a, a happy medium somewhere in the middle? Yeah, yeah. So I think that VC funding... Uh, was a response to the kind of ICO period of 2017, right? Where a lot of retail got wrecked and people were directly investing into these quote unquote, super early stage, like incredible team hyped up things. Point in the ecosystem. Um, you had some Pantera, Polychain, you know, other, but, but you've seen more VCs that have come since that cycle uh, and I think it was in response to the knowledge that having, um, you know, the public invest directly into a lot of these things uh, was just really risky. And a lot of people, you know, didn't do well. The, um, 
so so I now DAOs are different. What's what's really cool about them? You've seen it. There's I forget the name of it. I think it's called Paragons, for example. You know, which is the DAO for investing in parallel um, ecosystem. What you're starting to see are you know DAOs that have people with specialized experience. Um, you know, investing that's different than like the public. But honestly, I, I believe those DAOs are that different than VCs. Uh, I mean, they're different in that it's like their own primary capital, but like they're looking to profit. They're, they're most of these DAOs, like I've seen tons of them and been invited to tons of them. I mean, they're insiders, you know, the people who are in these DAOs, like uh, they're not that different what I've seen today from what VCs are. Um, so anyway, to answer your question directly, I think VCs are essential to, you know, capital formation and funding of really early stage speculative deals. Like I invest in a portfolio of projects and protocols and people that any one individual would like. And and I have a high degree. Well, I'm not going to call myself an expert because I like to say I only invest in areas where there are no experts. (laughs) Um, But like I go and, you know, a bunch of other high quality VCs go and invest. It's our full-time job. We're highly experienced and, the good ones, I mean, there's a lot of bad ones, by the way, a lot of really bad ones, but the good ones go out and actually help their founders and use the networks, right? Like being a VC in crypto, you have an obligation to use the networks and the products that you're investing in. Like this isn't like, hey, we do a board meeting every six to eight weeks and you give me the report on how your PL looks, okay? So I'm like extremely biased, of course, I'm a crypto VC, but you know, I'm also a crypto builder who, you know, is raising from VCs and sees the benefit. And and the big thing is there is like VCs in this space, just using that term generically doesn't really nail like what they are, right? You have VCs who come from the big trading shops like Jump or you know FTX who are huge liquidity providers and you know can help make markets in your token. You have you know some traditional VCs who are exceptional like Sequoia, right? Who know how to scale um, you know, business and consumer applications infrastructure. You have geniuses like Paradigm, and you know, you know, I I'm a huge fan of A16Z and their research arms who can actually help with deep protocol research. And then you have smaller funds um, like ours, but that have that you know deep expertise in specific areas where we invest. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, the proof's in the pudding. Like the numbers and the returns from these VCs have been incredible and they've backed you know most of the top protocols like most of the top protocols out there that actually are delivering value today like solana like avalanche um you know polka dot um near and others were vc backed at one time um and you know so these experts these expert investors seem to be able to put risk capital to work in good ways now the chama thing's a separate issue which is you know, look, he's best friends with a guy who, you know, for shits and giggles and clicks and attention, constantly contradicts himself and constantly makes hyperbolic, like really hyperbolic statements that even he doesn't believe. Um, and, you know, it, he does it for theater. I mean, we've all seen the stuff he was doing with, uh, what was, what's the guy's name? Parker. Um, you know, we saw the last, like the besties conference that they had, like he just, says things and then just has no remorse or memory of what he says. So, you know, Jason's one of those guys who, you know, basically does a lot of talking without thinking or intellectual consistency. Um, And, you know, look, if what he said was true, which it's not, 
that like we're all you know criminals and all these investors and we're all looking to like dump on retail which is just it's true nonsense like we're looking to build a better future of applications that by the way threaten all the applications that jason invested in well if this were true his best friend jamath is like the worst um or the shining example i mean they joked about dumping solana on retail you know late last fall for for a good amount of time on their uh on their podcast or video or whatever so anyway yeah it's disappointing to hear that level of intellectual dishonesty and disingenuousness of somebody like that with a pulpit yeah i think i think that's fair i also i kind of agree with your, your point about investment doubts i think i think the vast majority of them are acting like vcs i do think it changes the nature that you can have um maybe you need to be a qualified investor to normally invest in a vc and and maybe with these investment DAOs that still reduces the hurdle to, to allow people um, with perhaps smaller bags to get involved. But even then they do feel kind of clubby. Like you need to be invited. You need to know somebody to get involved in the DAO normally at the start. Um, and I think they often in many ways just replicate uh, VCs without that regulation, but they still feel very, very, very clubby. Um, I wanted to change tax slightly. I think, I think that was a, a good uh, rebuttal to the, the arguments against VCs. But I know I noticed that you're a punk. But I also noticed that you're a big proponent of utility-based NFTs. Although, if, as far as I can see with LinksDAO, the utility is really replicating kind of in real life utility that, that you can imagine. Like, I don't know, owning, owning a hotel and, and being able to offer experiences or owning a golf course and being able to offer membership. Uh, we've seen kind of the market change over the last 12 months. A big, big move towards utility-based NFTs, maybe this time last year with Board at Yacht Club, LinksDAO. Um, and now this year, at least over the last two, three months, you've seen the kind of reemergence of historical based NFTs and, and kind of the idea that utility, at least uh, in the metaverse, is still, I don't know, still maybe a way away from being fully realized. What, what do you think about the future of utility based NFTs? I know you're, you're a big proponent of them. Yeah, so a huge proponent of utility based NFTs. And then I believe I believe that these um the the quote-unquote grails or the ones where like i believe that uh communities aligning around a pfp and having you know shared interests and excitement is utility like i feel like by owning my crypto punk i'm part of a club the absolute best two two and a half hours i had during nft myc was at the CryptoPunks, you know, brunch at Lafayette. I met people who I've only, you know, talked to online and it was just wonderful. So that's incredible. It's been, it's had incredible utility to me, you know, in a CryptoPunks telegram group. And I know that like it, it effectively replicates a lot of, you know, what you get with, we were just talking about insiders, like investment networks and things like that. And there was a period a couple of weeks ago where the buy-in to this CryptoPunks, you know, group was like 45,000 or something, you know, same as it was like last summer when I bought in. So like I see a lot of utility um, to a project, even like CryptoPunks in terms of the community aspect. Um, but yeah, so, so I, it's, you know, utility NFTs, like I just invested in a project brought to you by the folks who founded Bonnaroo and Outside Land called Superfest, Suffer Oak, purchased one. Um, I'm an investor. I'm going to make sure that this has the same wonderful community dynamics and value that links has um you know Superfest isn't happening until 2023 you know we haven't decided on the location publicly we're just by the way it hasn't sold out yet 
Um, and I think it will, we will, I think what's cool is we're normalizing high quality utility projects don't have to sell out. We just, you know, they'll sell over time as the project demonstrate the value. Right. Um, so the, the experiments are just getting started. Um, and again, we're going to see a lot of crap. I've, I've seen it already, you know, um, local, I, I won't, you know, I don't want to call out too many things. So, you know, the things, the one thing that I do think frustrates me a little bit, um, though today about some call it like roadmap based projects, it's just not sharing enough, like early enough. Like I, I'm a little sick of like, Hey, just trust us. Like, here's this mystery. Like we're going to reveal eventually like, no, like give me a decent idea of, you know, what this thing I'm paying you a significant amount of money up front for, like I get the psychology and the game theory and the dynamics and, you know, wanting secondary market trading and all those kinds of things. But I'd be much more excited. I think these brands, um, and these are brands after all, they're brands predicated on really great communities with good leadership, you know, are going to start to look more like traditional, you know, brands and communities of the past, Right. Like my goal is that LinksDAO is, is as great a brand as, you know, Peloton was, for example, or honestly as great a brand in golf as, as Callaway is, right? Um, and so you'll see either people aspire to that or people jump off their brand and move on to the next utility community. Yeah, I think I agree with that too. I, I think um, we're, get, we're getting to the stage where I think 12 months down the line, you're starting to find out a lot of who the charlatans were kind of in this space, but there's still going to be some incre- incredible stuff built. Um, and I think oh, that's yeah. and kind one of other what point. Yeah, sorry to interrupt. I just want to make sure. So the other thing that I think is going to happen is, um, you know, people are going to, you can only be, but like I was a part at one point, probably like 50 to 75 tele- uh, uh, Discord groups and projects. And I've just really tried to consolidate recently. I've been selling a ton of stuff and I just want to focus on like, eight, 10 groups that I really love and, you know, have missions that I'm aligned with and excited about. Um, I think that's what's going to happen. And then once that happens, people will commit the community members, not to flipping and things like that, but to longer term um, commitments to those projects. Right. So instead of saying like, when next drop, when moon, you know, it'll be okay, cool. Like you're buying that golf course later this year. We're excited, you know, just keep us surprised and involved in the lead up to that decision. Yeah, I think you're also going to have to have a longer-term focus. Uh, I kind of agree with what you're saying. NFTs are going to be for life. So the idea that you're going to have to work with a uh, with the founders over the medium to long term is kind of obvious rather than just hoping for the next week's uh, worth of drops. Um, maybe that kind of goes into it as well. Like you, you, see, you, you say you've kind of changed your investment approach during this bear market. Maybe what, what do you – you see a lot of deal flow as well. Um, and probably saw some wild valuations probably at the start this year about Web3 stuff. What are you excited about? And what do you think that the market is underestimating about what's to come in NFTs, both on the um, kind of the actual product side and also on the infrastructure side? Yeah, so on the infrastructure side, um, again, just making them easier to buy. They're, you know, we're, we're in still a bit of a self-referential it's not easy for uh, you know the average person to get set up with a MetaMask or a Rainbow Wallet and you know, start buying on OpenSea and you know, you're typically putting a lot of money for the average person to work on the first buy. Um, you know, figuring out your seed phrase. Like I'm, I've always been a pragmatist with technology, and I think that yeah, you know, there will be 
like for example, custodial NFT solutions. I, honestly, that's what Coinbase should have launched first before anything. Hey, just do what like Gemini does with NFT Gateway. Port all of your, you know, really valuable NFTs that you're terrified of having them, you know, stolen from you because you're seeing everybody lose their apes. Um, so, so anyway, things like custody, um, things like again buying with like credit card. I do think is important. I know a lot of people will say, oh, or, or even debit card. Like I know a lot of people will say, well, that's going to encourage speculation and taking out loans. But I just mean from a user experience perspective for people who you know, have the money, um, it just needs to be easier. So we're, again, investing in those types of things. Um, marketplaces that are more uh, focused like you've got, it looks like at least for now, the near-term winners like OpenSea and Magic Eden. All right, so what's going to happen? Like we need an art blocks marketplace. There's enough volume there, like a generative art one. Um, you know, I'm not investing in that now, but if I saw a really compelling one, I think one's being built, I would consider it. Um, ways to, so what we've done a lot in, again, is wallets. Ways to show off. We have great wallets for showing your token balances, like how much ETH you own. We don't have great ones for showing the assets that you own and sharing them. So we invested in Floor. I led the round. It's one of my best friends, Chris Mattern, who's a CEO. He led Venmo's mobile um, product for a year and a half while I was there. Like he gets social and he gets social money. Um, so I'm excited to, you know, to work with him on you know, building out a way to display and share your NFTs. Um, yeah. Like there's just like so many things like, so um, and then, you know, I'm, pardon me, uh, I kicked out my headphone there for a sec. I'm bullish, <laughs> not only on, we're investing in, you know, like play and earn gaming. We continue to, and I'm bullish on, um, you know, the, again, the mar- marketplaces and experiences around that. So if people are making money and if they are, you know, winning and they are playing games, you know, I think there's going to be a set of services and experiences that build up around that Twitch. Like, you know, Justin Khan's doing that right with fractal on Solana. Um, yeah. I mean, I could go on and on. Um, oh, the other one is so, so sorry, the bit, another big, big one. We, we, we invested in, um, actually it's not public. So there, there's a great company called token proof, which does token, Let's go, Fonz. So you guys, like, like, look, we're, um, it, it's an amazing product, and I think of it less. It, again, it reminds me of like, uh, I don't think of it as like token gated entry. I think of it as like your NFT. Um, I'm sorry, your identity. Like, I, I literally think it could be. We've invested in Poap as well, Patricio Werthalter. You guys probably know him, Poap. Yes, yeah, we. Th- Anything that's like a passport of what you've done or of who you are, we think those are going to be some of the most exciting use cases of NFTs. Um, and so we're investing you know, heavily in projects and people that are building around that. Very cool. Very, very cool. I love that. I like listening to your investment thesis. And yeah, we're fans of funds and everything. Um, um, Have you ever seen a go-to-market like that? I mean... It, I, it blew actually, my mind. I witnessed, like, I'm pretty sure token proof fonts, everything was kind of born on these stages. 
Like it's uh, it's uh, we literally, like literally we witnessed Fonz and talking Buffoon and all that. Like from it was we were I, talking about it was stuff born and then on, he wrote a tweet like I'm pretty hey, sure it was born on it, our stage. I got an idea. Yeah. I'm gonna go build something. Be right back. Yeah, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure Linkstad was one of the first folks that like we talked to or reached out to him, and we were like. Yeah, I think we're going to use that. And then I sort of lost the thread. And then somebody showed it to me as an investment opportunity. I was like, I don't know. I mean, I'd like to see a little more traction. So I was like, yeah, I'll talk to him in a month. A month later, literally every single project was using an FTMIC. I was like begging him, hey, can we invest in You want to hear pain, Mike? (laughs) Tell me pain. Yesterday, I cleaned up 1,800 emails uh, from three of my emails that I separate from work, NFT people, and just specifically team. Uh, and there was a uh, uh, an invite for a safe investment back in February. Oh, that is pain. That is pain. That Probably is pain. Right? But what, what an incredible guy! And look, yeah, they're, and team, and their team, the customer. Yeah. So the the big thing that actually leads to another thought: customer service. Like there just doesn't exist, right? And so at Lickstad, we have an incredible community manager who leads a community team. His name's Cooper Sherwin. Um, but the token proof customer service around things that oh. didn't work was, I've never seen anything like they it. They set up I mean, shop in our Discord because we were using them for rug radio event in New York. And they just set up shop in our Discord for anybody who had questions. And it was like, by the way, I, boom. Okay, I just bought my links down. I, I can't believe I didn't have one until now. So yes. That's, yes. that's done. I'll this see you over. on the course, sir. I Hell yeah, I'll see you on I'll the course. You on the course. <laughs> I love golf. I can't wait to vote. Um, on that, Mike, obviously been supporting you and, and, and following you for a minute. But that's, that, at least that's said and done. But there are only, only 140 listed. That's, that's pretty great. Wow, how yeah, they, like the members, right? Choice. When you keep the vote with the NFT itself, people want to hold the NFT. You know what I mean? When you don't have the liquid token. So but we're really excited. Since, you, since you've grown your hair longer, like does it affect your draw or cut at all with your swing? So I haven't, I haven't, I haven't golfed since last summer. So I'll go, I'll try to go this summer and let you know if the, if the hair, you know, um, if the hair affects that at all. But yeah, Mike, it's, it's actually really, um, it's, man, this whole convo, I couldn't, I didn't even want to chime in because just listening to mind, they'll go back and forth. It's so interesting just hearing your, the way you invest, where you think things are going, how you and your you know six month ventures, you guys go about investing. It's funny, it's similar ideology that can't, we kind of talk about on this stage more and more, especially as we talk about as we as uh, as during this bear market, we're trying to think of alternate investments or even cutting down, trimming down the fat from your wallets and trying to put it into projects that you think have a, a bigger future. By the way, big shout out to Superfest. You know, that's Mike Lazarus, he's family, so. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, just what a wonderful person. Yeah. And you're yeah. you're nailed it, man. It's frustrating. I know you get a lot of heat for it, and I think unfairly, like, like we, <clears throat> I don't understand. Like, this is supposed to be fun. Like, I buy things I like, and then if I change my mind over time, I don't like it, I sell it. It's, or it's only supposed to be fun if it goes up, Mike. Okay, <laughs> I we're in a yep. bear market. I don't know where you you found the f word. Uh, you know, but fun is no longer part of the dictionary. <laughs> I'm kidding. We we try to make it fun at all times. And you're right. No, it makes a lot of sense. Actually, I, I go through my, even these days, I just go through it now more. It's like you accumulate like a thousand NFTs over the fucking euphoria of bull market. Like, wow, where do I trim down? And then you realize that 0. 0.1, 0. 0.3, 0. 0.4, all these add up. Like, look, 0. 0.4 is a link style. Like, whatever you to me, that's like dormant. Honestly, us, like, we're at 0. 0.2 for, to join the rug radio community. It's yeah. like, it's like these are some things to me. It's like no brainers. It's like you trim down the fat from another community and look at who's actually doing things, and you're like, wow, like this is where I want to put my money. So I've just been trying to like looking towards these as well. I have a question for you, Mike. Um, I know we have what? Uh, how many minutes left? 
three, seven minutes left. Um, Mike, um, obviously, you know, not everyone is a VC and everyone has access to like angels and investments. I just personally started last year for the forever. And so it was like, it was like really cool to be able to finally start participating in a couple rounds, et cetera. But like, obviously the average you know listener here doesn't have access to those things. So what do you like, what are you most bullish on the NFT side uh, when it comes to investing for, for just the person that's listening to our show and can't necessarily have access like you have? Yeah. So investing, um, you know, depends on your time horizon. I will be the first to admit I'm, I'm not, I'm a terrible NFT trader. I learned that early on. Um, What I am is I'm good at, you know, picking out projects that I like and think I have long-term value and then holding them and seeing them appreciate. Like I have a, I have some public wallets and then some other wallets that, you know, that aren't, aren't, you know, public. And my, so, so for me, my strategy is try to find the things that are within your price zone that like are, are undervalued. Um, and that, but that like are undervalued, um, be, but are showing signals that like, they have some special fun uh, or unique or you know, utility as a property, but have some property that will cause them to significantly increase in the future. So, you know, the ones that have worked out like, and that t- typically it is a small space. And so it is a space where you do have to, and by the way, this information is very, very often public and free look at what influencers and influential people and people with a track record, including me, like I don't have a track record. You know, I I buy the stuff I say I'm buying. Right. Um, And uh, maybe ask them why, but um, you know, I look for things that other people are excited about. And that when I look at it and I think about who owns it, I get excited about the most recent was crypto dick butts. They (laughs) can't believe I say that word, but you know, it's, it um they had the best you know party it looked like one of the most Sir, fun dick butts is a store of value you can uh, totally believe you say it I i'm say so excited i have to figure out <laughs> where all the you know dick butts uh secret groups are now but the but the point is was that in the main wallet or was that in the was that in one of the other tj wallets? yeah main wallet main wallet yeah, yeah yeah and you know i've um and then now I just ship post and make jokes about it. You know, I'm getting lots of calls from billionaires that uh you know they're all looking to store value in dick butts. But um the uh You know what's funny? It's actually true though. Like Mike's not kidding about that part. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm like half kidding. Um because look, you know, so I'm bullish on memes that are fun and matter. Like Board Ape Dot Club still is a meme, right? And it's a meme that matters to a lot of people. Um, and then they built on top of like, it's the super, pa- that, that one's like the super project. It was a meme that turned into a really valuable community that has the potential to now turn into a game. Like there's a reason it's like number one, right? They hit on like all three things. Um, so, you know, I just start by looking at one of them right now. CryptoPunks is a meme in a community. I'm trying to think of like what's next. It's hard. I mean, I- I'm so biased. My friends uh, started Illuminati slash Goblin Town slash like, oh, the yeah, burger thing. Minter, huh? Yeah. And like, look, I, I sold at 0.05 because I didn't want anybody to say, hey, dude, this is pumping. Like, I, I don't need to make money on that stuff. I just want to have fun. So I love what those folks are doing. Um, that's an ecosystem I love. The other ecosystem and then i love Superfest, but again i'm biased there as an investor um i love linksdow so i love the utility projects um the other big ecosystem i'm a massive fan of and think has an incredibly competent uh 
uh, group of leaders. And uh, this isn't, fi- I can't give like financial advice, but I love the fluff ASM future verse, like the McDonald brothers. I hear that a lot. Yeah. That one to me, it's the most perplexing in terms of where I see the floor prices relative to what I think is going to come together over the next 12 to 18 months. So if I was like looking to put size to work, or if I was just looking, cause you can do both. There are entry points like seekers that are really cheap um, entry points, like the dens that are going to, I believe be land and their worlds that are really cheap. Like there's a whole bunch of stuff you can do. Um, it's, it, it's worth reading the future verse white paper. I think it's futureverse.xyz. Hey, um, that. By the way, that's Aaron McDonald, right? Do this. Yeah, exactly. Parties, by the way. Oh, I should. Do, so I am an investor in one piece of it. I'm an investor in Altered State Machine, but I'm not an investor in Fluff World. I just want to invest in everything, Mike. Don't worry, you don't need yeah. to invest in everything. Mike <laughs> the area plan. Uh, and so, uh, <laughs> uh, Mike, um, on the on the on the future stuff and the uh, what do you think about the Ripple announcement? The hundred million dollar or whatever. Yeah. So I was, uh, you know, like this is why you support. Like I don't have a great history with Ripple from the block. I don't think they've historically delivered on their promises. But I trust great entrepreneurs like Aaron McDonald and his team to do. Aaron. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm not going to tell him how to run his business. Like it's a lot. You know, I assume it's a lot of money, and I assume that you know that ripple gave credible claims like they need an app ripple needs an application that's useful on their network like futureverse i believe is going to be a useful set of applications and a protocol itself and by the way it's not like this thing's running on ripple i believe it's just ripple is a currency that you can use to interact in you know the futureverse ecosystem that seems like overblown news by ripple on purpose like uh, yeah, they're good at that. So yeah, that's what, sorry, that. I don't blame the I don't blame the future for sex. I think Ripple has a history of overstating uh, the materiality of. Part yeah, of that it. sounds like that. They're great people, by the way. Aaron, the whole team, the fluff. That's like a team of operators. Holy shit! Like it's funny because like we don't talk, we don't see it in a lot in this uh, art. Like you know how there's different pockets on NFT Twitter. Like you don't see it a lot in NFT Twitter this pocket. But when you go to their events, like wow, they have like a fan base of of like very strong holders as well that whole ecosystem is very interesting what they've done they brought keanu reeves on board so um you know they've done something right but (laughs) yeah they're doing they're doing a lot of things right and it's a good mix of native authentic quiet building for four to five years now combined with those types of keanu reeves warner brothers you know big time media partnerships to me again i've said it before i'm not an investor in the overarching entity futureverse so i'm saying this authentically i believe that um, yeah, I think they're up there with like Board Ape Yacht Club as likely to be the biggest, call it, you know, me- you know, metaverse, original character metaverse contender. Yeah, dude, it's just spot on with that. And like, uh, like I was having a conversation with one of the other early investors with uh, Fluff as well. Uh, and what I find fascinating, we talked about this a bunch, is different between like collector, investor, or consumer. Um, and what I think Fluff has really done a good job of, they build that like really core community, like that doesn't expect us to be given everything for free and people that are actually willing to keep buying more into the ecosystem as they drop, like what do they have? They have the fluff, the bears, like disclosure. I own one fluff. Yeah. The, dams, a long time ago. the, the seekers yeah. are going to be like nodes in this actual ecosystem. Like every character and project has a really cool use case 
if they can bring it all together and if any team can, it's this team. So I'm, I'm bullish. It's wild. You know, it's really well thought out. But where people are actually willing to like, they're not complaining like, Oh, we have to go buy this asset. Like that's kind of unique. We don't see that as much. People are usually complaining like, Oh, I have to buy this. What the fuck? Like give it to me for free. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So, um, you know, there's, uh, I'm waiting for the next iteration. Um, I think we need, you know, the last thing would be, you know, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm not going to be personally doing this, but I think people are going to, um, be able to invest in gaming assets. So in game assets of the top games over the next 12 months. And there's some really great games launching. There's some games that have released NFT assets prior to their games launching. And this is true on Solana. This is true on Avalanche. This is true, obviously on Polygon. Um, I think people will do really well by, you know, looking at some of those assets, studying the gaming assets and projecting, you know, when these really great games launch and people are starting to use them at scale, what will appreciate in value and be desirable. So that's where I'd be looking. Yeah, it's good to hear. I mean, I think that's part of what people loved about the last 12 months is that it kind of felt like you were getting into early VC funding of a bunch of different brands um, and the VCs weren't around. Like, it was quite great to get, like, you could buy a board at Yacht Club, no, it was like a, a 3,000x return. Um, and I agree with you. I think gaming could be a very big one. I think it has to be done correctly. But it's just interesting to hear, like, do you do you now think that returns are now going to swing back towards more equity funding of businesses or do you still think that there's that opportunity for people to make a ton from also nft trading it sounds like you kind of believe in both yeah i believe in both uh deeply i uh, just for me personally i've had to you, you can't be a world-class early stage venture investor and do as much you know, NFT community participation and trading as I was doing through a lot of, you know, the first half of last year. So I've had to pull back, but both are going to be incredibly fruitful. I believe financially, um, you know, over the next three to five years, particularly for, you know, long-term holders of key assets. And as we talked about, look, it's, it's more fun to hold NFTs and participate in those communities than to hold, you know, but uh, any this isn't an insult to ethereum or solana but like holding the eth token it's fun when the price goes up and you know i believe that i'm contributing to the and staking it contribute in the future contributing to the building of you know a future ecosystem but that's not as satisfying as holding an nft that also appreciates some value while i'm having fun with people i enjoy spending time with and that's on facts and that is also a great way to 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 close this conversation up mike uh, you know, thank you so, so much for just coming with your depth and wealth of knowledge uh, this morning on Rug Radio um, to, to share, uh, you know, a lot with us. It's, uh, I know you had a lot to talk about, and I, I'm, I'm hoping that we, we managed to touch on, on all fronts. But this was really a very educational and, and, and good conversation. I'm glad we managed to have it. It was recorded for everyone who's wondering. We upload them on the same day, like the Rare Pepe stuff. A lot of people was asking me yesterday if it's uploaded. It's already been on since yesterday. So Golden Crypto, as usual quick as hell with his hands uh, uploads everything on all platforms you can go on spotify apple like literally every single platform uh, has um our uh, our our stuff even claire silver's uploaded it was on tuesday so mike this episode is going to be uploaded by end of day uh, across all streaming platforms of course you can catch up twitter i believe twitter keeps us up for 15 30 days i'm not too sure sometimes too, I'm, I'm not really sure but you definitely want to catch it on, on on the other platforms if you want to go back and listen to it so big 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 thank you to mike if you're listening on replay it's m dudas d-u-d-a-s on twitter that's the guy you want to follow so you catch you know when to pull your money out of the next celsius okay this is the man who tried to warn y'all 
And uh, no, but uh, <laughs> I <so> appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> no, just someone who has a lot of good insight on the NFT and crypto space as a whole. So big thank you to you. As usual, big shout out to my co-hosts OSF and Mando. Ovi, you know, had to you know slow rug, you know, uh, as usual and, and as always with Magic Eden. As always, right, Mando? Always. This guy has always. a standing called Magic Eden Monday to Friday at twelve. Um, and <laughs> well, that's the meme. I don't know what he does. I. I'm never invited on these calls that he goes to, so I have it's no funny, idea. It's funny, right? <laughs> I, I thought you guys were partners. I don't know what's going we on. We are, so uh, I don't know. <laughs> make of that what you will. Damn. Uh-oh, did we just catch a cheater on Rug Radio? You'll find out tomorrow morning on the next show. Uh, as usual, a big thank you to everyone who came up. We had Jonah and Simon earlier. Golden, who's going to post a thread in the next couple of minutes recap- uh, recapping this, this incredible spaces. We'll see you all tomorrow. For last one for the week, Friday, July 22nd, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Love y'all. Have a beautiful Thursday. Peace out, fam. And it's a beautiful day. Have a beautiful day. A GM, GM. On this beautiful day. A good morning, NFTs. With Baruch, Gosef, and Mando. Got the Alpha on Web 3. And it's all on World Radio. Radio. It's a beautiful day. To have a beautiful day. GMGM. Broke Radio.